I'm not a top-notch, grade-A, tanned, and successful middle-aged record executive. Sadly, you'll realize this shortly. I'm not dictating these pages to a well-scrubbed, starry-eyed, sexy underling on my private jet, interrupted only by nosebleeds that I insist are simply the result of my allergic reaction to a tasteful leather interior and the rigors of daily cabin pressurization. No, I'm basically the guy who made it to the middle and has no problem swiping his ID at the door to let you in for a look around. My biggest qualification here aside from a magnetized laminate that opens a couple of doors is simply this. I've loved music all my life. And you probably have too, right? Ten bucks says you have. With hearts and brains like hard drives, we all move through this life constantly shuffling through thousands of songs triggered by memories and names, a certain season, or even just the way the light or landscape feels in a certain place. Maybe some of the songs are triggered by a specific small cluttered studio apartment where your ex-girlfriend Kristen seemed to routinely break your personal belongings, then later took to the habit of sleeping with handsome patrons of local restaurants in exchange for cocaine. Or not, I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of doing what therapists refer to as projecting. Anyway, the point is this. Our hearts and heads are filled with music, and as years go by, we continue to amass a catalog of songs that permanently score some of the biggest moments and memories of our lives. We have that in common, no matter who we are. I remember my dad teaching me Johnny Cash songs when I was four years old. I would wake up and shave with him before he went off to work, using my toy fake plastic razor and shaving kit. And instead of having to use the empty toy can of fake shaving cream, my dad would give me a little bit of his real shaving cream to use, and man, this made me feel like I had arrived. And we would shave, and he'd sing, I Walk the Line. I still remember how lucky and amazed I felt that this 90-foot-tall superhero with his American working man tanned forearms and biceps would glance down at me with a grin and take a second to back up and teach me the line. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine, he would repeat. My way of excitedly repaying my dad for these weekday mornings that I would keep in my heart for the rest of my life was to wake the poor man with seizure-like drumming at around seven in the morning on weekends. One toy metal drum, just marching and pounding. First the length of the hallway in front of my parents' bedroom a couple of times, then the perimeter of the backyard, a pounding and marching that was at once obsessive-compulsive, extremely punctual, and eerily, calmly emphatic like a new recruit to the Naval Drum Corps honoring the dead, or a tiny drumming version of Christopher Walken. At the age of nine, I bothered him relentlessly for rides to the Toys R Us out by the freeway, where I would stare at an Ohio Art brand toy drum set for 20 minutes in total daydream silence, while he patiently waited. Then it was straight home to sit in my room and stare at posters of Kiss and Led Zeppelin in the same wide-eyed quiet trance. My parents must have lain awake nights in bed, silently considering options like boarding school or exorcism. Because while my dad dealt with the drum set situation, my mom knew that in the beginning of September, she'd have to endure long meetings with me that would lead to deciding which member of KISS I would be trick-or-treating as come the end of October. There would be discussions about the details of the actual band's current costumes and whether duplicating them was feasible this year, which makeup would work best, etc. Even though I wanted to be a drummer in real life, I always decided I would be Gene Simmons for Halloween, since his fire-breathing, blood-spewing, demon bassist persona seemed like more fun than drummer Peter Chris's well-behaved domestic cat persona. What was a cat even doing with a demon? My mom juggled work and everything else she had on her plate with making my demon cape from scratch. 
She used scissors and stitching to convert ordinary witch wigs into perfect Gene Simmons hair, plus did my makeup exactly the way it was on the cover of the Kiss album Destroyer. She never let me go in for spitting fake blood, though, and I was not to play with fire either. Also, it was made perfectly clear to me that being the lord of the wastelands did not give me the right to act like a hooligan. I was to thank neighbors when they gave me candy and only take one piece unless they invited me to take a bit more. So each Halloween, I essentially became a smaller, oddly well-mannered, polite version of the real Gene Simmons.